Content warning. Mentions of substance abuse and suicide. Hello and welcome to the Billy Shears Club. I'm your host, Caleb Clark, and with me today we have Brian Cliff returning yet again. Uh, how are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Caleb? I'm doing quite fine today. Well, today we've got two lovely albums for you folks. We have You Won't Get What You Want by Daughters and Music for the Jilted Generation by The Prodigy. Uh, why don't you give us a little background on Daughters there, Brian? All right, so... Um, Daughters is kind of a crazy band. Uh, it, it, <laughs> looking into their background actually gives this album a pretty interesting context because they were rather notorious in their early years as a band for being... To, to keep it family-friendly, we'll, we'll say their stage shows were rather interesting and... and uh, the, um, <laughs> The uh, members at the time had a lot of pretty serious issues with substance addiction, and that um, bled into their live performances pretty pretty profoundly. Uh, so, however, they uh, have been pretty notable members of the noise rock scene for some time now. The first I heard of them was when Anthony Fantano gave "You Won't Get What You Want" a ten out of ten. I was like, "Hmm, interesting. This looks like a this looks like an album I should check out." And it, it definitely was. Uh, but this album is the result of an eight-year hiatus. The band members were decided that the environment they were making music in was toxic and awful. They weren't doing well. There was a lot of infighting. Um, I'm trying to remember all the details. There was there was a lot of really bad stuff that went to their initial breakup. But they reassembled and were a very, very different band. The daughters of this album, they're not the same group that made their, their crazy early work. This is a very... I'd like to say that this is noise rock growing up and taking on a sort of, I dare to say, literary style almost. Uh, it's 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 very much the culmination of a complex career involving a whole lot of really bad life choices. Hence this album subject matter so kind of transitioning into this album this album is at its core all about uh, if i if i had to summarize it succinctly I'd, I'd call it the satan of the self it is a it is a deep dive into battling inner demons and struggles especially with regards to things like mental illness addiction isolation to touch on a few things that are that are brought up in the album and what struck me immediately when i listened to it is this is unlike a lot of the sort of uh a lot of the noise rock um discography as a genre is very i'd say juvenile in its lyrical leanings. It's very misanthropic and ultra-violent and 
some of the bands, I think, have some really interesting things to say. I think groups like, say, Swans, I'm not super familiar with, but I've enjoyed the bits and pieces that I've heard. Um, and uh, there was one other one I don't recall. The uh, I, I don't know my noise bands particularly well. But, um, it, it's, it's not exactly a genre known for, for subtlety or literary flourish, which is something this album has in spades. The lyrics are honestly fascinating. There's a lot of things you can read into them or interpret. Interesting sets of symbolism, and it, it's it's something else. This really, even on my first listen, where, where I will admit, due to the intensity of the music, I struggled to enjoy it. It it still really struck a chord somewhere. It's it's a very singular, I think, accomplishment. And yeah, uh, now, man, I it, there's a lot to talk about with this. It's a it's a beefy album. I think instead of trying to tackle the whole thing, I think I'll focus more on a few bits and pieces that I that I especially love. Um, first off the soundscape, I think that the layers that this album has sonically and the way that it's produced, it's, it's crisp production. It's very, it's, it's good. It's kind of, it's got a very kind of crunchy style to it. The guitars are very heavy and intense, but also clear and easy to, easy to hear. There's a lot of strange choices made stylistically that all work really well in favor of the album. And there it's all melodic, even the stuff that's very siren-like and explosively like your guitars are being like sirens and the percussion is just hammering you over the head aggressively. It's it, it always stays, it, it's very clear, it flows very well, and there's always, there's always a coherency to it and, and, and a sense of melody. And that's impressive. Uh, they, they resisted the temptation to just sound like they were some angry dudes in a garage trying to make everyone's ears bleed, which I appreciate because that's... Uh, not 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 a big fan of music that's that, that sounds like it's trying to make my ears explode. <laughs> I say I say that as someone who enjoys metal music, but if a band is mixing their their instruments poorly, um, yeah, things happen. I've, I've uh, yeah. Oh goodness, especially. Oh, what were you saying, Gil? I was gonna say it's definitely produced very well. I wouldn't. Maybe it's because I'm less noisy rock. I wouldn't personally call it a melodic thing, but I do definitely agree it is very well produced. It doesn't have like the chunky DIY aesthetic that you might think of with I mean, my noise rock background is pretty basic, like swans, butthole surfers, and, and utero, but it definitely doesn't. I definitely agree it's definitely much better produced than a lot. Just quick interjection. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's um, this reminds me. A daughter's approach to it reminds me more of something along the lines of 
it, it's very definitely noise rock, but it, it has the refinement of groups who have been influenced by noise, but aren't in the noise genre. So I would say immediately, um, I think aspects of daughter's approach are similar to death grips. There's a, there's a very similar refinement to its production and incorporation of noise elements. Um, I especially, oh, what's the, I don't remember. Bottomless Pit. That's the Death Grips album I was thinking of. Um, very noise rock influenced, but with a really hyper polished production, you can really hear all of the sounds. They blend together coherently. It's not just a cacophony of poorly produced instruments. And man, um, yeah, the reason I described it as melodic isn't necessarily like it's not melodic in the sense that I don't know, like let's say something along the lines of a really melodic band like Cigaros would be. It's it's very dissonant and jarring and intense. There's a it, it's designed to really unsettle you and make you feel. I, I dare say a, a measure of danger because I think that really is daughters definitely were going for that on this album. They want you to feel like you are it, it's like a shadow's hovering over you the whole time you're listening to the album. It's it's very palpable. It's uh <laughs> it's uh the first time i listened to this album actually uh probably fittingly was on the way to a funeral we had a pretty long car ride and uh man that's a weird atmosphere i was like oh boy my headspace is is kind of weird right now uh <laughs> um not necessarily in a bad way though that's something that in spite of the fact that this album is very fixated on the darkest sides of inner struggles, be they mental illness or a sense of isolation or depression or what have you, it's always pointed towards confronting the issue. It doesn't try to kind of veer off or be or, or just descend into nihilism. It really it basically takes the whatever the the persona of the album is is dealing with, and it confronts it head on. It's just like, okay, here we go. Um, great example of that would be uh, "Daughter," which is one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, I the use of I love how it starts really dissonant and then it becomes this very like beautiful, but still really unsettling crescendoing. Uh, it, I don't know quite how to describe it in words. Cause it's a very unique experience listening to it, but it's a song about grief and grieving and even fairly subtly, but, but, even still struggling with very self-destructive tendencies. And it doesn't try to romanticize those things. It doesn't try to embellish on them. It just says, yeah, this is what's going on. And I think, especially for me, when I was listening to this and really depressed and dealing with some of those tendencies very strongly, it it, it 
struck a chord. I felt like I felt like someone got my struggles, and it actually, weirdly enough, gave me a lot of courage in the face of all those all those inner struggles. It's weird because it's not in a conventional sense an uplifting album. It's very dark. It's very heavy. The lyrics are often have a very sort of uncanny valley horror aesthetic that that they're using brilliantly to to create this just relentlessly the relentless onslaught of not grotesque imagery but but it's unsettling it's very it it just kind of it tickles those little recesses of your brain that that you never use and you're just kind of like Whoa! This is weird. I I forgot about those little cobwebs in the back of my brain. Um, but yeah, it's it it creates that headspace not for the purpose of 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 drowning its audience in those emotions, but ta- tackling them head on and showing a that there is in fact a light at the end of the tunnel. The song that really sold me on this album when when I listened to it and re-listened to it was the song Guest House. Because that song, the way I interpret it at least, is it's the singer is approaching it from the perspective of the persona, quote-unquote, of the album's inner demons. And he's desperately trying to get in and and he's hammering on the door and he's trying to break in and he's trapped in a cellar and it's it's horrifying and it's and it's intense and it's 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 a brutal song and then the voice of that inner demon gradually fades out and you start to hear more melody creeping in and in and in and gradually all the all the minor the rising minor chords that are that are pummeling your ears fade away I just had this beautiful melodic section. I, I'm not sure what instruments were used to create it, if it was synthesized, but the last minute of that song, I think, is to date one of the most gorgeous closers I've I've ever heard on an album. It's just after all of what you've just listened to, it's like this this glorious beam of sun that just burst in and it's like whoa there's actually a light at the end of the tunnel the nightmare isn't endless and that's the reality i think regardless of what a listener is going through if you're struggling with a mental illness or an addiction there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not that it's easy facing inner demons, especially when those inner demons are the consequences of things you've done in the past. It It's hard. It's a very slow and demanding step-by-step process, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You're not, you're not destined to just be stuck there forever. I think the fact that this album manages to deal with all of those negative emotions and still come away with a, a hopeful perspective on on them, admittedly not necessarily conveyed lyrically, but conveyed musically, I, I think that that's a really 
it just I may the first time I heard that song I was walking outside and I was not feeling the best and it just it hit me like a train I didn't know how to respond I wasn't expecting it I was like man this is like a really brutal album there's no way there's oh oh it was nuts I was like what just happened <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's a very personal pick for me because it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. It's not necessarily an album that I can recommend to everyone. It's very difficult. There are a lot of disturbing elements. And, you know, I think all that being said, it's also an experience that I think could for someone who's been in a similar position to me or is going through something similar, something could even be really healing. I know for me, it was, it was a very direct palpable and even profound way to confront all of those really serious negative emotions that I was dealing with. And yeah, it's, it's noise rock, but grown up with nuanced perspective and I think a really deep-seated empathy and understanding of the struggles that that might drive people to to some level of self-destructive behavior or self-destructive behavior itself a bit of context I didn't mention I did mention addiction but the lead singer uh, became sober around the time that the, the band broke up, he was a raging alcoholic. And I think a lot of that's channeled in this album. I think he made a lot of really bad choices that he severely regretted. And it sounds like, in a way, I think this album is him directly confronting everything that, that he went through. All of the all the isolation, all of the excess, all of the horror that that he experienced, and saying that's done and gone, and I won. Those inner demons don't control me. My my vices don't control me. I have stepped over them, and I've dared to live. And I think that's a really at least for me, there's something really deeply moving about that that sort of worldview. And yeah, the musical soundscape's brutal as all get out. I mean, this is a relentless assault on the senses of an album. It, it's, but it is a relentless assault on the senses for a good reason and it uses its intense unrelenting soundscape to convey a very powerful and constructive message i think that's pretty singular in noise rock yeah. cool very interesting overview some details yeah i would say maybe it's a, like I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about the album personally. That is definitely very valid. The personal connections. It. I think I, I wasn't as quite as into it. Like I can appreciate it, but I didn't like enjoy it. Maybe that's one of those things where it's like, 
modernize into noise rock. Like, if, like you say, it deals with a lot of heavy stuff, like sort of urban decay and like anxiety and toil and like people getting radicalized into political violence and like slowly losing your mind and giving into your inner demons and all these different themes. It's a very dark album. And like you say, it's like this very heavy, gnarly industrial sound. I honestly, a lot of them, it ended up being more of like a very confrontational art piece that got across the mood of like, you know, Titty song is definitely a very weary sounding song that fits its sort of general lyrics about like the ugliness of like a crumbling city or long rows, no turns. Like that's a very tense, anxious one. Satan in a way to sort of gnarly. But then they like bring in the like really pretty guitar lick. Humble Man is very on edge. I think Less Sex is honestly my favorite just because like it's sort of of a blues structure and has sort of the oh, yeah. yelling and like it's the it's the one that's I would say it's easiest to get and so like I like that and also I do like guest house like like you say the but it goes into more of the strings that was a very nice touch and I'm I'm a sucker for like orchestral fade outs so was oh yeah mean. Less Sex also has an amazing music video um, <laughs> highly recommend checking that out it's it's not it, there's nothing explicit in it, but like, if you're a younger listener, like maybe, maybe save that for the older, <laughs> older viewers. Yeah. There's nothing bad in it. It's just the imagery is very like suggestive of certain vices and certain life choices that are that are pretty uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I may have to check that out. Oh, oh, oh. aren't I naughty? <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely it seemed to have a very like open together and artistic like a say uh i think in a way it's comparable i know like the uncut gems movie in a way like i don't think oh, it's yeah. like a very strong parallel beyond like they're both very prolonged studies on anxiety and like spiraling out of control and i think i like this is sort of and a lot of people have said it's just that uncut chimps to them is like a panic attack for two hours me personally oh, yeah. i enjoy the movie but like and i like actually have a decent time especially once it starts getting into it but like this is definitely that similar sort of feeling of watching this thing all fall apart Oh yeah, I loved that movie. That was that was so good. I yeah. the direction was superb. Adam Sandler can act. I know, right? I was like, "What? Ah, <laughs> oh, this was the same dude who was in Grown Ups. What? What even?" <laughs> oh, also the soundtrack. Yeah, with uh, I think one of the point never under uh, the other pseudonyms. Yeah. Oh, it was it was so good. I've listened to that soundtrack quite a bit since the movie came out. It's it's a good movie. Yeah. But yeah, basically this feels like that in the in album form. Very artistic, very on edge, intense, and dealing with a lot of very dark themes. But I guess on 
the way that it differs. Spoiler alert for Uncut Gems. Well, Uncut Gems, there is no relief. There is relief in this one, so I guess that's one key difference. Even if it's yeah. at like the very end of the album, like the last minute. Yeah, the last minute is like the only respite from the from the onslaught of just pure insanity. Yeah. But hey, it's oh yeah. Yeah, I may I may be a bit of a masochist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you keep bringing all these highbrow albums. You bring the Death Grips. You bring the Kendrick. You bring the Dobbs. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm glad that they were getting help though. So that's a nice touch. Excellent. Alrighty. Any final thoughts or onto the prodigy? I mean, I think I've, I think I've pretty, I think I've pretty comprehensively covered my side of it. Um, highly recommend if you don't mind a more abrasive musical soundscape and some pretty difficult to discern lyrics. Uh, it, it's quite an experience, but prepare to be really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> that would, yeah, yeah, that's pretty on point. Yeah. All right. Time for the prodigy and music for the digital generation. So, a bit of background: the prodigy is an sort of an electronic group from Britain, from the like late '80s, early '90s. Excuse me. And there's three main guys: uh, Liam Howlett. He's the DJ, and he had gotten to start trying like hip hop and acid house and a few others. Very interested in breakbeat. Uh, Maxim, who's a rapper. And Keith Flint, who at the start is a dancer for the group, you know, for like live hmm. shows. And so at the beginning, they make a uh, rave album that's like super popular in Britain. And like, it's like one of often, I haven't actually listened to it all the way through, but it's usually regarded as like one of the best, like, full albums within the world of half of dance music. Like, you know, not just single songs, but like full LP experiences. And also, it's interesting that they, apparently started a trend of people sampling children's songs and like media you know british electronic in the early 90s like they sort of started they were rational yeah uh but as the years as a few years passed uh liam got a little bit more interested in uh breakbeat and punk rock and metal and meanwhile the uh, British government passes the Criminal Justice and Public Order Act of 1994, a very unpopular bill. There, you go on to this Wikipedia page, it has a lot of measures, including like some expansions on ones that were seem to be more negatively received, were like some like big protections on police being able to like changing the right of silence and like getting more to stop and search or getting body samples but the big one is like a lot of criminalization of civil misdemeanors and such for like uh romani people or new age folks who are roaming around and especially on a rave festivals like these free parties that people throw in the woods they're like that used to be a civil offense now it's a criminal offense and so that was very unpopular at the time bunches of people were like this is stupid and uh, Prodigy were one of them, and they got kind of mad, and so that shows up on a few songs at the beginning of this. And it sort of plays into this, where they're getting into the very darker, more breakbeat uh, punk rock 
sound of this one. Uh, after this, they keep touring. They it, do a slight lineup change where they have Keith Flint, the dancer, finally get to do some vocals, and he's this very, oh, I'm a punk rocker, and I sort of rap, but not really type thing. And he's, a, and he's just like a very punk-looking dude if you ever watch their music videos from the time. And it, those music videos kind of like break them big in America. Uh, Firestarter, uh, Breathe, and Smack Might Be Up. And they, yep. and they get super successful over in the States as well. And they're touring. They're doing all their good stuff. And then afterwards, it's a little less so. Uh, there's a hiatus. They try to do a comeback single called Baby's Got a Temper, but it's not very well received. They have an album in 2004 called like Always Outnumbered, Never Outgunned. And for some reason, neither Keith Flint nor the rapper Maxim show up on it at all. It's just Liam Hallett and a bunch of guest vocalists. But then they do a few more albums. Uh, let's see. They're called... Invaders Must Die, The Day is My Enemy, and No Tourists. This is by like 2009 and through 2018 or so. So, you know, sort of the later days. Uh, it is a little bit of a sad end. Keith Flint has passed away recently. Uh, he well, yeah, committed suicide recently. Oh. And so that is, yeah. And so that was a sad moment. And so, yeah. But like I say, pretty much covered the big background for for the generation you know the the one law the criminal justice and public order act of 1994 trying to get more into basically drum and bass and jungle plus the more guitars and so that's basically where they were so let's talk about it oh yeah yeah uh let's see let's go i don't know favorite tracks like uh what would you say is like we can just go like back and forth on tracks you thought were big? Ooh man, there are a lot of good tracks on this album. Like I don't think any of them are remotely boring. Like everything was really was really interesting. The one I've listened to more than any of the rest of them is probably Break and Enter because it's just mm-hmm. so catchy. Man, that the female vocals in there, oof, those are just I I don't know what else to say. It's just really catchy. It's really good running music. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think I was trying using this when I was going on a jog recently. It's, it's very It's so hype. Yeah. It's got all the grimy drum beats and like the weird it's got sort of Sort of the sense that you would see in like techno music, but they've gotten much dingier and harder hitting. It's really good. Intense. Boy, I'll mess you up, Wanka. Oh, yeah. No, it's very. I, I love the gritty, grungy sound the whole album has. It's very. This doesn't feel like an old album to me. This feels very <laughs> contemporary. Yeah. I think it definitely has a lot of you know influence still you know maybe it's just like i don't know the world 90s electronica was just a very fertile time and like being big inspiration to a lot of people like you know other contemporaries like apex twin fat fat boy slim chemical brothers a lot of great minds working at the time yeah well, and from what reading I did about the Prodigy, I know they're they're regarded as 
one of the most important bands of all time, actually. I was like, wow. Goodness. Did not know of all time. I mean, definitely the 90s. I didn't realize all time. Wow. Yeah, I think it was their the album that went really big in America is considered one of the best rock albums of all time or something. I was like, huh. Yeah, wow. totally. I, I, I liked... <laughs> I liked uh, music for the Jilted Generation just a little bit better personally. I did like what I heard of what I heard of that album, but yeah, Man. I definitely. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's. I I think that that one. It's it's really weird. I feel like the Jilted Generation album was a lot richer in terms of what its soundscape offered. Um, the Fat of the Land is a little bit more poppy it's not bad it's just i don't know it it wasn't as riveting and intense it's very much more playful and, and offbeat yeah yeah it's definitely centered much more around the singles and keith flint as a performer and i do i do think those big three singles those were really fun really great oh, yeah. but like this is definitely a good full album experience yeah, I, maybe that's the big difference between the two of them. They're very I, jilted generation. The experience of the whole album is more cohesive. It it has a very it is a very kind of single listen value to it. You could really feasibly sit down and just plow through the whole thing from beginning to end and have a really satisfying experience. Yeah. I don't know if I would recommend that. It is a little bit 80 minutes long, but... It is. Later. It's a bit of a chunky listen, but yeah. 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 Let's see. Um, oh, man, there's so many good tracks on this. Uh, I mean, I think uh, Voodoo People is fantastic. That's another really catchy track. Um, yeah, that, that was... Yeah, if you want to spend a couple minutes on that one, I really love that one with the guitar samples, like apparently from a uh, Fairy Ape by Nirvana, and then when huh. the flute busts in, and the uh, one person who keeps going voodoo people, voodoo people, like it's just like one of those really fun, high energy tracks that it definitely stands out as like the single from this album, and it's just super fun in a very punk dancing in the '90s way. I really like, yeah. enjoy it. Oh yeah. Well, and I the the heat's really good too. Um, <laughs> Poison was fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's just all the all the tracks are really darn good. The only one that I wasn't maybe quite as spellbound by was One Love. I felt like it was a little bit. It felt like a slight break tonally. It's still good, but it's it's more. It made me think of like, oh, what are they even called? Like, um, the computer-generated Japanese pop star. I, I Vocaloid. Don't, Vocaloid. Yeah, it reminded me more of that, and it was it was kind of an odd break from. It's not Vocaloid, but it was kind of it was slightly reminiscent of it. I was like, huh, there's a weird addition to this album. I don't I don't know. I viewed it more as like a throwback to more of their house and rave style, where it's like with the big organ line and the weird vocals, but 
but taking ah. a grungier way. That's what that's how I viewed it, but I can definitely see how it's like much more like, you know, treble clef. And it does stand out from the other tracks, I would say. Similarly yeah. though, I don't know. There were a few tracks I wasn't entirely huge on. Like I'm not as big a fan on like Full Throttle or the Energy or Skyline. Like those ones, they were they were pretty good. But like not, I felt like they were like seven out of tens in a group of like nine out of tens. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good description. Yeah, I Speedway, I don't know. I don't really remember well and um man, I Skyline, I remember be feeling a little too slow for the uh, for the album's pace. Yeah. Speedway I did enjoy like that like with the siren sounds and the racetrack samples, like that was really really high octane one. But I would oh, yeah. say as far as slower ones, I actually did enjoy a couple where they it more mid tempo, I guess, if not like fully slow, like a uh, poison and one and uh three kilos. Like, those both yeah. have like a little bit slower, funkier groove. Well, three kilos has the funkier groove. Poison is more of the has that fun call and response. I got the poison. Oh, the remake. I got the poison. Oh, that has a remake. Like that. Oh was, yeah. Those are both good ones. So sort of your walkout music. Yeah. It's the whole thing is actually just a lot of fun to listen to. I remember when when you and I were talking a bit about it on Messenger. Like, it's just fun. It's it's from beginning to end. It's a very, in spite of its grit and fury, it's a very kind of bouncy and very uh, playful album. It it's more than willing to just go in weird directions just for the sake of being enjoyable you just kind of sit there and you're like yeah it's a cool i like that that's a cool musical choice yeah that they are definitely a very offbeat group i feel like part of that might be chalked up to like you know they are a very punk inspired band to make dance music and so it will be like you know they still they'll have this more slightly edgy tone but they'll like still give a good groove that everyone can dance along to because you know that's that's part of their thing it's very the power of dance will bring together all of England and will take down John Major and his government. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah, it man. It's it's fascinating that this really was in its own way a very politically motivated album. And it it's really interesting because like I find that with some exceptions, generally music that's very politically charged in its in its themes and concepts doesn't tend to always age the best you kind mm-hmm. of you end up being like man this is really like i mean look at some of the stuff that came out around the war on terror it's just not listening to it now it's just like oh boy this is oh <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of music from that time that hasn't aged well. I don't even get me started on stuff like Limp Biscuit. Oh my, why does that exist? Oh. Yeah. As a lover of rock music, every sensibility is just no. 
<laughs> anyway, back on back on target. Um, but like this, this is much more, I think, in the vein of something like To Pimp a Butterfly, where the political elements of it, regardless of whether whether it's referring to something that's very timely to that album or not, it, it's just it it just works. It it's got a it's got a universality to its rebelliousness that transcends its specific time period and those themes still resonate because man i'm trying to talk about two really different albums because the pimp a butterfly has a lot of things that are very much still extremely relevant i'm actually trying to think of anything in the album that would be quote-unquote dated i i can't really think of anything (laughs) Um, oh good grief um (laughs) But no, like with this, the, this this album here is very much a sort of where we are going to just keep doing our thing regardless of what the system tells us to do and system be damned. And that's that's just awesome. That 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 makes for a really great listening experience. Yeah. I think Yeah, I would definitely agree, like I don't know, we've there's just the super long history of like government trying to like control the music because it just ends up getting associated with like these anti-authoritarian movements and like things that sort of undermine whatever the dominant group is like i i think we touched it on it in the in an earlier episode where it was about like the history of jazz in japan and like like back in like the 20s like the so the higher society folks were trying to like close down dance halls in Japan because like the jazz music was undermining their power and like so there's just like a very long history of the man versus the music and so this is another cropping up of that thing. Speaking of, I yeah. guess like the speaking of the one last track I would point to like for a specific thing is their law, probably the most lyrical track on here with that lovely phrase, F them and their law, and then crack down at sundown. And it's just... Yep. <laughs> it's just like that good metal riff, and it's just like, yeah, we're gonna mosh against the... <laughs> mosh against the system. Yeah, it's like Rage Against the Machine, but instead of raging, they're just raving against the machine. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> My glow like, sticks like that. will destroy the Tony Blair's involvement in the other war. Iraq War. <laughs> well, that's, that's oh, a few years goodness. later, but initially it'll be compelling. Yeah, we have Green Day, but but they're a, but they're a, they're a rave band. Oh god, that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. Yeah, man. No, it's really, it's really. I don't listen to a lot of EDM. Like EDM is not really a genre. Like yeah, a few here and there. Like I, I've enjoyed like Grimes remix albums are are good. I don't. Does, I maybe she only has one of them because uh, I know for her most recent album they did a they did like a dance mix for the entire thing and that that was really good. That fit really well with the aesthetic and and vibe of the album. But yeah, this was a really engaging album for me i 
there were only a few points at which I found myself kind of drifting. And that was probably because I was at work and, and otherwise yeah. occupied. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of, like, I guess like part of that's maybe just cause you know, like the dance side of electronic music is more of a very single song oriented thing, but yeah, this is the, it's very definitely nice to have a full album and like, especially such a beefy album. That's still a rewarding lesson. Definitely agree there. Yeah. So yeah. Looking for some, something, you know, you're feeling rebellious, you're feeling punk, you need to, you know, I don't know, punch somebody. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I, I like I like me some rebellious art. It's it's nice. It's nice watching people. It, it's underdog stories are popular for a reason. Like when you got when you got a person and a corrupt system and they're rising against it. It's there's always something very compelling, and you can hear that in this soundscape. It's very much sort of a you know you guys are trying to screw us over, but you can't. You can try, but we'll just dance and dodge all your bullets. So, ha! Huh. Yeah. <laughs> the, they'll rave. It's, it's so a aggr- unique approach. Yeah, they'll rave so aggressively, all the guns will melt, and everyone will just be like, "Well, I guess there's no military anymore." Rip. That would be nice. And that is how Britain lost all of its guns. <laughs> <laughs> no more military superpower, all because of the rave. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, it's a good. It's it's a good album. I really enjoyed it. I had never heard of the Prodigy before, so. <laughs> and I, I think, in a few years with more listening to noise rock, I might, I, might, I definitely appreciate Otters. I might like, fully love them. Giving a, I give it a few more months or years time. A lot more. <laughs> Yeah, Noise Rock took me, th- even that album, much as I love it now, like my first few listens were pretty rough. It it took me a while to really, because I was like, I I wanted to love it, but I it took me a while to get to a point where I think my ears had kind of adjusted to it. It's weird to say that, but there, there are just genres that are like that. Like for me... When I was an outsider to rap music, it it took me a long time to really kind of ease into it and understand here are the conventions, here's how it's being done. I do think rap is a lot more accessible than than noise rock, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But rap is just, you know, the, you know, what culture you're from is just like getting that noise rockets the whole you need to figure out your ears again yeah it's like <laughs> yeah it it at times you can kind of feel like uh like you're having drill bits um driven down your ears and you just have to to kind of you 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 learn to love the pain it's like musical stockholm syndrome <laughs> <laughs> Not really, oh but uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's very much a, it's 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 one of those genres that I, 
due to how extreme it is, even in its more kind of accessible forms, it 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 can take a while to uh, to really get used to. Yeah. If you good, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Yep, I'm good. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. The albums we listened to were You Won't Get What You Want by Daughters and Music for the Jilted Generation by The Prodigy. I'm Caleb Clark. And I'm Brian Cliff. And thank you for listening to the Billy Cheers Club. 